0: What
1: is happening here? Welcome to episode 215 of your favorite podcast, The Gord Eye Podcast. I'm your host, Justin May, alongside my co-host, Brandon Long. And today, we are going to talk to you about competitive excellence and, um, well, I get on the rant about fixing traffic again, too. So make sure to stay tuned for that. As always, Gordi Eye Podcast brought to you by Revive. So much brought to you by Raw, so much. You just go Mahaley at checkout to support your boy. Please leave us a five-star rating and review. Share us with your friends only if you love us, though. Get ready. I'll see you inside. All right, so... Brandon, wait—is it that you don't know who Big and Rich is, like you've never heard of them, or you just don't know what song I'm talking about?
0: I don't know what song you're talking about. All
1: right, hang
0: on. At all?
1: Hang on—the podcast listeners definitely know who Big and Rich is. I feel like they were like kind of I just looked. It. I just
0: looked it up, but there's like 47 songs I'm here looking go, at right now.
1: Save a horse, ride a cowboy. Yep.
0: Yeah, dude. Oh, we're
1: starting the day with some big and rich. Pretty good song. They got lost in this moment. Coming to your city? You know this song? No. Dude, they used to play this at the start of college game day every Saturday, and they were like, "Anything oh, that
0: starts out with a violin, I'm probably not listening to." Oh, oh yeah,
1: so I, know these, I know these. I know these songs, song. bro. <laughs> Will i be All right. Hi there, Jenny yeah, so I know I was, the I was,
0: songs I, they're, they're just not uh, they're not dev- downloaded on my phone I don't listen to them if I don't have to but
1: don't worry about what's downloaded on my phone you don't want to know. You don't want to know the answer i don't you're <laughs> right you keep that for you I was tampa today it was way better when i was out there huh just the vibe of the city was way better the sun shined a hell of a lot brighter that everyone was just way dude happier. actually
0: yesterday was one of the most beautiful days i have witnessed in tampa temperature was great sunset was great all things aside it was a beautiful beautiful day in Tampa. Yeah
1: it got significantly dimmer after like 2:30 uh, p.m though when my flight when my flight took off. I was watching I was watching the city and like every second the flight got further away it just kind of dimmed a little bit.
0: So yeah like, fog like a fog so just like kind of strolled in it did. and kind of blinded the city from yeah. its beauty.
1: yeah, but it's yeah, okay don't I worry. I'll, I'll be back next Wednesday. Um, oh, thank goodness. I was, I, know, I was worried. Safe. I know seven days from today. I, was I, I, I felt it. I felt the panic. I felt the anxiety around. Oh, shit. Like, what are we going to do without Jay there? Um, but people of Tampa just just <laughs> the
0: they- senator and the government, the gov- governor, both called me here this morning and said, hey, would your boy come back?
1: Yeah, yeah. They tried calling I like, me. I was in meetings with other senators and governors. It was wild how busy my morning of senators <laughs> and, and governors was. I, I got a dinner tonight with them. Um, I'm going to propose. With Bidden? Some, some, with Bidden. <laughs> got, got a <laughs> dinner with Bidden. <laughs> did you see he fell off his bike? And it was wild. Because I did like, see that. That made the news. And I was like, why does someone falling off their bike like I made mean, the news is like i understand it's like the leader of the free world like it's like you know not like you and i fall mm. off our bike but i was like man you know uh. it would just suck so bad there's not a dollar amount or an impact amount you could possibly put on my every single move being just diminished and torn apart yep. by people like damn dude like yeah, yeah homies homies old as fuck whoever put him on a you bike was an idiot in the first place
0: you know what? He stayed on that bike. He's still going to get ripped.
1: Dude, it doesn't it, matter. Yeah, it really yeah, doesn't matter. It doesn't matter he if he
0: fell or not. Like, he's still going to get ripped for riding his bike out yeah. when he should be doing X, Y, Z or whatever.
1: Exactly. Like, remember when, you know, Trump was going golfing all the time. And I think that's when I realized it's, it's um you know how, like. In football, the quarterback gets blamed for absolutely everything. The defense can give up 56, and the QBs, like, is why they lost, because he threw a pick when he scored 52. Uh, 56 to
0: 50, yeah, exactly. People
1: think that, like, I think people think the president does a lot more than they actually do. Like, when I feed the president, it's like, that's a figurehead. That's just, like... That, that, that's not the person that's actually calling all these fucking... Sh- I mean, right? I mean, there's no fucking way Joe Biden has the intellectual capability to, like, make all these decisions, right? Like, he surrounded himself with people that, like, are much more intelligent than he is, but he's just the figurehead of them on. It's same with Donald Trump. This guy's not fucking intellectually deep enough to be making all these calls. He surrounded himself. That's... It's called the cabinet, right? They call it the cabinet. These, uh, like, they're people. They, like, surround themselves with all these people. So, it's like, dude, Like, what I think... Here's how we fix the world. Number one, we stop traffic. All right. I've talked on the, I've, 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 I've fixed, I fixed traffic on an earlier podcast episode. If you uh, want to hear my thoughts on how, my, not thoughts, if you want to hear how to fix traffic, you can go find that podcast episode. I won't get into it again.
0: People would be a lot happier in their lives if they got to places and, in a quicker manner. I agree. A hundred percent. And are, the happier that people are. Oof,
1: the reason we have traffic is due to selfishness because everyone views like their time or their place in line as more important than the next person's. Whereas if we approach traffic with more of a sharing is carrying approach, we would have significantly less traffic. Like why do you need right. to stay bumper to bumper with this car in the right lane when there's an entrance ramp coming on and there's a line full of cars waiting to get on? Let It's one for one. One car goes, another because car he's gets late. on. One car goes, another car gets on. But you're gonna make yourself later in the grand scheme of things because you are causing yep. more of a traffic backup for people behind you just because they're behind you does not mean they are not still causing traffic in front of you this isn't it's all a synchronistic manner it's one for one everywhere the left lane i have an an idea to help let me hear let me hear let me hear
0: so say you know majority of the world work starts eight o'clock or nine o'clock you have to show up 30 minutes early so in until you have to leave 30 five, 40 minutes early exactly. to get there at a decent time so that you aren't late. So exactly. now what we require, instead of to be on time, we require everybody to be early so that we have time to actually account for traffic, account yeah. for, Things like that. So you don't have to be selfish.
1: Well, you know, there's like that meme that it's like, hey, you know, sorry, I'm late. Traffic was the same as the last five years, but I just wasn't anticipating it today. I think that's yep. kind of how people inherently are. Uh, but people are like inherent I, for, for whatever reason now in our current society, like people are just like like times are just a suggestion and I'm, I'm, I'm at fault for this as well at times for sure. I've gotten way better at it, but like a time is more of a suggestion than like a concrete standpoint. Right. Um, and I, I, I think if people just really like put in work to prioritize, like, Hey, you know, um, like, me, for example, if I tell someone, "Hey, I'm going to be here at 2 p.m." Like, man, I just you have to get there at 2 p.m. Why can't we just get there like 1:50 or 1:45? Like, be a little bit early. Yep. Wait, you uh, know, yeah. you, you can like waste some time at least like early for your obligation. I'm literally preaching to myself right now. Um, but <laughs> <laughs> but like the you know the traffic thing very frustrating. I mean, number two, we can make the world a much better place by. It, it, you ever looked like the ten? I know neither of us are religious at all. Like you know the the ten command, the ten commandments. Like that's not a religious thing. That's and I know religion takes credit for it, but like that's not a religious thing. That's just a, you being a decent human thing. Like uh-huh. it, it's literally just this is what you're supposed to do as a human being to like be a, a decent person. I really think if we kind right. of applied those things, like you know treat your neighbor how you want to be treated. Wow, groundbreaking stuff here groundbreaking stuff. Like don't bang your neighbor's wife, like damn. Really wow. groundbreaking st- I didn't I never thought about not banging my neighbor's yep. wife. That's fucking You never wild. thought about
0: being a decent human. Yeah, yeah, I was thinking about actually
1: banging, you know, their wives, all of them. Um <laughs> and their
0: mothers. Hey, and their moms. I didn't realize that
1: I shouldn't not do that. Thank you Ten Commandments. But like it's really basic level stuff that's like happening here that um you know kind of gets blown up If we practice that, that'd be great. Uh, Number three, I think something that should be a guarantee is, like, there should be extremely strict time um, permits on, like, how long someone could be part of the government. Like, super fucking strict. And man why we got 70 year old motherfuckers and i don't care about saying this because there's we if you look at our age demographics on the podcast there's no one over the age of 70 that listens to this podcast there are some people over 60 which i find fucking hilarious you guys are rocking and rolling but like yep no one over 70 listens to this podcast right Seventies fucking old you are old <laughs> you're senile an old dog will not learn new tricks your cognitive functioning is on the decline. This isn't hearsay. This isn't like oh you're an outlier. No, like you're fucking old. Your clock is yeah. ticking in an opposite manner. Like our clock is ticking to gain more experience, education, knowledge to help the world. Your clock is ticking on death, and you can't yep. escape the grim reaper. And like, why the fuck do we have like what's the what's what's the what 40 50 why don't we have 40 50 year olds running this fucking country We're that would like, wait,
0: make way more sense way more yeah, sense they're
1: old enough to have great experience and why not have numbers? like
0: some have some like 25 year olds I in agree. there some 30 year olds I in agree. there to change the perspective
1: like all age uh groups like um uh what's the word i'm looking for like represented within yep. this because like right now like man you know i'm 29 it's not that i'm like the youngest dude ever but like who the fuck's speaking up for you know 29 year olds once and needs you know you're 25 right you're the 20 year the 20 year olds and the 30 year olds yeah. and the
0: 40 year olds like, like there's a whole new perspective of life and a whole new um the way that we go through our lives are completely different yeah. than the way that a 70 year old goes and we're we're starting to do realize that uh they're thinking about 70 years ago Dude. what was going on back then Dude, the stuff that they went through and the the times that they grew up in yep. it's very hard to rewire that
1: shit extreme so we're still
0: difficult. we're still voting on and we're still passing things that are still so old we're not focused on you and, know and a and lot of the wonder, new things that need to be
1: you wonder why this is a whole different piece of a conversation but you wonder why racism is still so prominent it's not that that's something you could ever get away with it's like yeah 70-year-old white people are running the country and yep. you, you know there's some of these people are um you know running on platforms to completely manipulate you know minority um people into like thinking that they're on their side and yeah cuz
0: that's how they grew up that's how their views were
1: yeah it's it's absolutely fascinating to me to like what what demographics of people are the most closed-minded what demographics people are the closest to like you know slavery still existing i mean we the probably, older people yeah we probably shouldn't be having you know, people who, like, that's what their parents and grandparents were teaching them. And it's not that their parents and grandparents were, like, necessarily wrong for the time because that was, like, accepted back then, but that shit doesn't fucking fly now. And it shouldn't fucking be accepted now. And this shouldn't, like, be an okay thing, but, like, what's wild is it's still happening in real time? And, like, there's still, through policies, you know, that both parties, this isn't one party or the other, the policies that both parties put forward, like, marginalized, you know, the, the minority communities. And I find it fascinating that, like, when you look at how minority communities vote, it's so slanted one way, and to me, it's sad just for the fact of um, anything that's too extreme is never the right answer. Commonly, when something's too extreme, it's a process of um, confirmation bias, or it's a process of subtle brainwashing, or it's a subtle uh, it's, it's 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 a process of. Um, you, there is a large held belief that something's going to change when nothing is actually going to change. And I feel like that's kind of what we see, but like they don't have a voice. It's all white people that they're dealing with. It's, Rip. you know, old no. ass white people. So, well, this wasn't really meant to be uh, the nature of the starting conversation here in the Grow Eye podcast, but I don't think, any, I don't think <laughs> anyone's really going to disagree with the shit that I'm saying. We never like,
0: really start out with what we,
1: we planned to <laughs> in the, in the beginning. That, it just kind of goes. Isn't that beautiful? Um, man, yep. So, um, Chattanooga over the weekend. Um, mm-hmm. I I I I did absolutely terrible. Um, you know, probably the worst, uh, <laughs> probably the worst show weekend of. Uh, well, looking back, I looked back about three years, and I can't look, I can't find a less successful show weekend. <laughs> that kind of. You know what? Sometimes sucks. sometimes you need that. Yeah, sometimes um, you need that. But, you know? know, I'm in a great spirit about it. I feel solid about it. I like, do. It happens. Like Nick Saban loses here and there too, and it's uh, you know you just got to keep cranking forward. Um, you can't win. You can't win them all. You can't, but. Uh, my favorite part of the weekend was definitely, it was dope, you know, being around um, the the listeners of the podcast. Too. There were so many of you that stopped me throughout the week, and There were quite a few of you that stopped Brandon as well, which made me super happy to see. Um, yeah, we really
0: appreciate that.
1: Yeah, yeah. So t- tell me about some encounters and kind of what you're feeling after having that impact.
0: Yeah, at first I was kind of, you know, uh, this was one of the first shows that I've been to all year. So yeah. it's the first time that I've been around, you know, the environment. And, yeah, dude, I got stopped, like, six, seven times, you know, yeah. to take pictures, to talk, and introduce, and I was like, holy shit, this is way bigger than I thought. This is way bigger. <laughs> people are, like, stopping me out of nowhere at the gym, yeah. at the show, like, wherever I'm at, and it, it feels really good to have that that impact on people, for sure.
1: Yeah, yeah. Well, it's you- something
0: that I won't take for granted.
1: Yeah. You've taken your platform and, you know, you've done a really good job with it. And, you know, I like that, uh, you know, the grower die has been a big part of that for you because, um, I, you know, I go to shows every weekend and so like, I get it every yeah. weekend, like 20, 30, 40 yeah. people like, Holy shit. Like the podcast podcast. And I was excited yeah. for you to get in and get that. Um, yep. Yeah, it, it, it was cool. Cause like you said, that's kind of your first show of the weekend and, um, you know, the podcast is you know obviously a stalemate within the industry now and we're really proud of that. But, um, I I just want to let you guys know I I I appreciate the conversation. I appreciate the photos we take. I appreciate uh, the messages that you guys share when um, you do see us in person much more than um, you know, you could ever know. I, I, I want to make sure I wish, you know, take time uh, to chat with you guys and, you know, have more than just a basic conversation. I like getting to know the podcast. Uh, yeah, listen. exactly. Um, and, you know, it's yep. funny. is like they're all cool fucking people, man. They're all real cool I, Absolutely. They listen
0: for a reason. Exactly. They vibe with us, you know, we're probably going to vibe in person too.
1: Yeah, like, I feel like we talked. We talked to a few
0: people. Yeah, we talked to a few people. Got to know them. You know, one girl. We were trying to help her make a decision with what she wants to do with her life. Yeah. yeah. And you know, asking her questions about where she's at right now, the people around her, and you know what she likes to do, and she kind of just, you know, was like, "Why not?" Yeah. And she was like. You know what? You're right. Yeah. Yeah. And that was cool. You know? Yeah. That was really cool. It's, it's,
1: it's, I think what's cool with you and I is like, this is how we are a person. Like, this is real life us. Like, we mm-hmm. help people, dude. We just, we love helping people. Yeah. We love trying to help ourselves. We're, we're definitely our own biggest critics, but like to other people, we definitely try to, you know, put our best foot forward and, you know, yeah, well, me, people person, you know? Definitely, dude. Yeah. yeah. We,
0: we want to talk to people, we yeah. want to engage. You know, if we can help, that's absolutely what we want to do.
1: Absolutely. So, yeah, I, I, I appreciate you guys a ton for that. Um, I'm super happy that, you know, you got some exposure to that as well. You got some <sighs> yeah. big time in. That was some, fun. Some impact. That time. was really fun. Yeah, yeah. So, um, let's see. I mean, you know, uh, w- whenever you see me around any show, I'm out almost all of them that fucking happen Somehow, you'd think there was a clone of me. But uh, make sure to come on <laughs> chat, you know, see me. At, uh, it's, it's, it's dope to meet you guys. I met two dudes at MI40 the other day listening to the podcast as well. Um, That's yeah, cool. You, you haven't met them yet. Uh, my strained legs on Monday and um, two, two, two big guys, two real cool guys. Um, I saw that on
0: Instagram. Yeah, yeah. Oh,
1: yeah, yeah. The one guy uh, took a picture and um, posted on his Instagram. Yeah. Um, yeah, they're super cool. They're like, I saw, you know, Brandon move down here and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, and I told him, I'll see hey, him. Dude, yeah, when when uh, when you see me here training, go introduce yourself. I told him I'm way fucking cooler than Brandon. But you know it's funny, <laughs> you know you know it's you know super funny. Actually, every time I I meet someone with the podcast uh, and like and you get brought up, I'm like, yeah, I, like Brandon's probably quite a bit cooler than me. But hey. I'm still the biggest one on the podcast, right? <laughs> uh, but you're, you, you are like in a gym setting, you're, you're a little easier to talk to than I am. Uh, like you're, you're, yeah, you're,
0: I'm not as intimidating. That's all.
1: Yeah. And, in, and, in, in any setting you're a little easier to talk to than I am. So I, I try to like to go yeah. down, but you're, you're very approachable, which is a great, um, you know, quality to have.
0: Yeah, uh, dude. I want people to come up and say, what's up and introduce themselves, especially out here in a, in a new environment. I've really taken that to a whole new level, you know, not knowing anybody. So I want to make friends. Yeah. I really try to make myself, you know, even at the gym, I don't wear my headphones a whole lot because you know, I want people to engage or if they they recognize me say what's up um, and I'm looking for conversation as well. That's one of the reasons why I got my membership at powerhouse was because there were so many more people that were engaging and talking and make, trying to like connect. I love MI 40. It started to become, you know, um, somewhere I train, you know, a couple times a week. Yeah. But uh, there's definitely more people that I like to engage with at powerhouse as yeah. far as, you know, new people. Cause I know the people at, at MI 40 Yeah. majority of them. Yeah. Like I know who trains there and I know who's over there and they're dope people too, but I want to make new connections and of new course. friends too.
1: Of course. Yeah. I'm actually, I'm, I'm going to be getting a membership at MI 40. Uh, yeah. When I'm there, that's where I'll be training for sure i like House. it was like a it was an okay vibe it it was a cool vibe um i'm just i'm such an elitist with the equipment because i have factory here now and see you left before you really got factory as you know so so i it's turned me into such an elitist dude like i hate it i can't stand it but like i'm training in chattanooga and i'm like oh man like you know these gyms are good but like man they're just not close to factory oh
0: no no which one what gym do you train at in chattanooga
1: um, I trained at one that, uh, was brought to me by a listener of the podcast. She, um, her and her was husband, that HQ one? Gym. yeah, HQ gym, her and her, her and her partner, yep. um, her and her husband, I think like started it and it was a really good gym, real solid gym. Um, yeah. we, we, we hit a session in there. I tried, um, you know, pushing some people into there and whatnot. So we hit, uh, arms and delts there. Um, and then we hit, uh, chess somewhere else. Uh, but I, I, I liked the, uh, I liked that HQ gym. Like I, I think in Chattanooga, that's kind of the place to go for sure. Um, it, it, it wasn't factory. It wasn't factory. No, though, but, no, a hundred percent, but it was, yeah. they
0: just opened that in, in February. That's yeah, only been that open since February. Yeah. And the dude, they sold their the house problem. to, to open that. What? Yeah, bro. No shit. Talk about going all in.
1: Oh, my God. That makes me so fucking proud to hear that.
0: Yeah. So they sold really their house funny. to get that gym off, off the ground.
1: Yeah. If you're in the Chattanooga area, go check out the HQ gym. Absolutely. They're absolutely phenomenal people. Great um, people, yeah. Supporters support us the God Pod. Uh, so every year I go back to Chattanooga, I'll be in there training um, for sure. I'm mm-hmm. super proud of them. I, I didn't know that story. That's dope. Um, yeah. So... That le- drives us into, uh, because, I mean, that's that, that's a large premise around, you know, going all in and chasing exactly what you believe in, not just what your hopes and dreams are, but what do you actually believe in. And, you know, what I, I've there's, uh, this is the time of year there's a lot of applications that come in and, like, a lot of people that you're talking to. And all these people, you know, I'm getting on a phone and I'm, you know, breaking down. When I get on the phone with someone, I try to give them reasons to not hire me. Because I want to know, like, what are you actually going to be bringing? What are you actually going to do? What are you actually about here? I'm going to be giving you every single piece of me that I possibly can that you know, um, like, exactly what you're walking into. And something that I talk about is competitive excellence with all of these people. And it's something that I firmly believe in because I, I, I don't really believe in competing. I believe in winning. And how do you go about that distinction between the two? Because winning takes a, an effort that competing just doesn't. You know, anyone can compete. Um, and I'm not talking like bodybuilding. I'm talking anyone can you know, just show up into any competitive um, endeavor, and they can just compete against somebody else.
0: Right, right.
1: <clears throat> um, I'm talking about what's that next level of – this is what I do. This is what I identify with. This is what ignites my fire every single day that, that, you know, I get up. And then how do we harness that and drive that into being a more high caliber, high level, um, you know, competitor? How, what what right. do we do? And so there's, there's this, over the weekend, I realized this. Competitive excellence, to me, has a premise and an understanding of winning is what matters, But who is alongside you for the journey is a massive indicator of your overall success rate as well. And Mm -hmm. I made a caption a couple weeks ago on Instagram. I said, I would rather lose with the people by my side than win with anybody else. And let me tell you, that's an extremely blessed place to be. Um, You know, because for the last eight and a half coming up on nine years, like I've always looked at like, man, you know, if I had like this type of athlete or that type of athlete or that type then I would just do so much better. And I've very much so flipped that script in the last two years of, Hey, what am I attracting? What's the type of athlete that, that I'm bringing in? Um, Mm -hmm. because the type of athlete you are is predicated by your mindset and how hard you're willing to push. It's not predicated by your starting point. It's not predicated by, um, you know, the physique that you've built up to this point. It's, completely predicated on what are you willing to do to get where you need to. Yeah.
0: What's your work ethic look like? You know, what, what does your environment look like? Are you in a spot where you're able to actually build and build something that is going to be competitive?
1: And, and I feel like over the weekend, I'm watching people who are in environments that force them to thrive, who are performing Mm -hmm. extremely well, who are, you know, doing big time things just at the show. Um, and to me, that was very eye-opening because that's what I've you know tried building here in Austin with some of the top athletes on TM moving down here. I've invited these people to move down here, join the training group, um, and you know push further, you know towards our goals of of being high caliber bodybuilders. You were right environment, like they, you
0: saw you saw the potential in them, but you knew that for them to reach that potential, they needed a completely different environment. They need to be surrounded by the right people to reach that potential.
1: Like, look at Eleanor McCabe. She sends me training videos from the most podunk gym I have. Like, the gym has no vibration. It's awful. And Uh she's sending me training videos out of this place. What she was able to accomplish with the environment of just simply being around, you know, the TM athletes, through a virtual manner rather than an actual in-person manner was significant you know she won her class at Nashville, she earned her pro um status mm-hmm. and now she's moving down here in august yep and mm-hmm. she's going to be a factory every day and she's going to be you know train around the team every day i'm assuming her and danielle are probably going to be training partners like yep. what she was able to achieve to this point is nothing compared to the places she's going to go when she has an actual environment that is geared towards her success and is set up for her success. Yep. And exactly. I, I, there's a massive indicator. Like, where's the the biggest hot uh, hot spot for football in America? Is the southeast. That's why the SEC is the best conference. That's why like Florida has more you know prospects mm-hmm. to the NFL than any other state that there is. Why is this? Well, over time, you know, football down there is extremely popular, right? Um, everyone plays football. It's like in New York, everyone plays basketball, right? Over mm-hmm. time, this competitive excellence has turned to a place of well, the best coaches are there, the best trainers are there, the best systems are there in terms of the schooling systems in order to get people to the pipeline of the NFL into the pipeline of the NFL. And because of that, there's when you're around so many people who are constantly pushing and pursuing their dreams and you see their work ethic and you see the, the foot that they're putting forward and you see the way that they're carrying and handling themselves, it gives you a cheat code to, oh, this is what I need to do as well. And so if you want to be mm-hmm. serious about it, that's what you need to do. Take you, for example. You were a high school football superstar, right? But yep. who were you surrounded by? Like Nobody. Who did you have that was pushing and driving you?
0: Nobody besides my coach, nobody, no one, Brady. Brady, sometimes, um, but more or less, nobody.
1: But it's like, if you can name off all the people who push you, then you're not, you're probably not set up in a very conducive environment. If
0: I lived anywhere, if I lived anywhere else, dude, I would have been first of all, I would have got more looks, yeah. Second of all, I mean, I wasn't getting any looks where I was at, second of all, I would have been twice the athlete, if not, you know, 10 times the athlete, based on all the resources that I didn't have available to me where I was at, you know, as far as like training facilities, recovery facilities, you know um, coaching styles, you know, different types of, you know, agility coaches, speed coaches, whatever it was, I didn't have any of that available. So yeah, that hindered my, my success a ton. You didn't
1: really have any football camps and things of the like.
0: No, I went to one, I went to a couple, but they were all out of state. I went to one at USC. Um, That was really cool. Sarkeesian was time Uh, that was a lot of fun but you know those guys weren't any better than me they were just more confident because they are all doing the same thing as far as like camps you know they run tons of 40s for different coaches and you know i only have done it a couple times with my coach you know at at my weights training class so it's not like i was practicing these things on a regular basis like i was running up hills on my own but like i wasn't in these classes with all of these dudes that were all working towards the same goal, like they were all pushing each other. I was running those hills by myself. Yeah. You know, I was doing those things that I thought, you know, everyone needed to do to get to that next level by myself. Yeah. So yeah, dude, it definitely, it definitely hindered my success um, as far as football went. But you know, now that I realize what it takes to bring that competitiveness to fitness, the fitness industry, Dude, that's part of the reason why i'm here in tampa man yeah. it's it's a huge it's a huge scene out here yeah you know there's a lot of big time people out here and i'm surrounding myself with those people and yeah, yeah it's pushing me for sure when i was training with nick the other day yeah like that was fucking crazy
1: yeah
0: you know i'm yeah. trying i've never experienced that high of uh you know that success rate that he that nick has in such a small period of time i never trained with somebody like that yeah And that was crazy, and that was really cool, and fucking pushed the shit out of me.
1: Oh, absolutely! I
0: hit the I hit the one fifties on incline for eleven.
1: Yeah, yeah, that is just because Nate was there. Yeah.
0: Yeah. yeah i was like what the fuck because you
1: put yourself in that environment to be surrounded <laughs> by someone who's at the apex this is at the top they're they're, they're, they're exactly the and and right. you know that rubs off on you that level of success it absolutely rubs off on you and what that person is doing to achieve that mm-hmm. um you know I, I was definitely super proud to see you uh make that connect as well it's crazy because i told brandon i was like damn that's the second best bodybuilder you've ever trained with in your life <laughs> that's <was> nuts huh? <laughs> that's fucking crazy number five in world number two in our hearts
0: (laughs) hey uh, i Um, trained with myself is that what you mean i trained by myself (laughs) yeah yeah yeah
1: that's what i meant 2023 middleweight usa champion here we go (laughs) (laughs) Um, and
0: that's another thing about like you know competitive excellence man taking it personal when people are trying to beat you you know not like you're like um you know not that you're trying to like dominate or eliminate them from what they're trying to do because they have the same goal yeah but take it personal that they think that they're better, yeah. you know, that's only going to push you yourself. Like I, I grew up on self-motivation, you know, self-discipline, those type of things. So when you don't have that environment, you know, cause a lot of people don't have the opportunity just to get up and leave their shit or whatever, yeah. dude, it's got to come from within. So, you know, you got to find it, you know, take it personal that those other people think they're better than you and that they think they're going to win. Like, okay, hold on. You know, this is who I am. This is what I have, you know, that I'm bringing to the table make sure that you guys respect what I got going on too.
1: Yeah. So we come from rather similar backgrounds. Mine was like with the track background of there was no one around me to push me and train with me and things mm-hmm. like that. And what I find interesting is in the similar, what you're saying, um, you know, you and I were 15, 16, 17, getting our ass out of bed, going and, you know, doing the shit that we had to do just by ourselves. We had no one else pushing yep. us. So like the training wasn't the most adequate because we know that competition breeds excellence. and, you know, when your only competition is, is yourself, and you're at a young age, you don't even have a coach there with you. It's like that's a very difficult place to get motivation to push through. Um, you know, these barriers, these boundaries. Um, it's it, you're much more likely to shut down early. Um, you know, yeah. you're still working hard. You're working as hard as you can, but without having someone by your side, it's difficult to go all the way. What's interesting to me is like we were doing this at 15, 16, 17, and there's people 30 years old that don't even can't even fucking figure it out. Yep. There's people 30 that's, years old that just won't get started, that just won't go into the gym, that just won't realize, oh, you know, this is what I need to do to get to the next level of my fitness or my health or my bodybuilding. They just won't fucking put that that level of work in. And to me, that's a right. choice. It's a choice you make every day because you and I are extremely prideful people. And we've always vibed on that. Even before we had a dope friendship, like we were very prideful in who and what we are. And – yep. I feel like we need a hell of a lot more of that. So a a large part of competitive excellence is extreme pride in your work. What do you do when the lights are off and nobody's watching? Are you going home and laying down? Or do you continue to push through and actually get the fucking job done to get where you want to be? Because what people don't understand, it's what you do when those lights are off and no one's watching that gets shown in the light. And it's what you do when yep. those lights are off when no one's watching that gets you one step closer to actually deserving to have a spotlight. Why the fuck do you, why should you have a spotlight on you? Why should people watch you train in the gym? Why should anyone be there with you, training with you? What have you done to fucking warrant any of goddamn that? Yeah. Probably nothing right. because it's the people that feel the most entitled that don't have fucking anything on their resume other than, I quit. I didn't go hard enough. I didn't give 100%. I competed, but I wasn't competitive. What have you done to actually earn that? And you earn that shit when there's no lights on. You earn that shit. Like, dude, they're, they're, I, I talked to Will Whitman about this. When we were at Frothy Monkey the other day in Chattanooga. A remarkable coffee spot, by the way, forever there. But I, I chatted yep. with Will Whitman about this. And he said, there's been three stages of my career. The first stage is no one knows me, no one cares about me. The second stage is a lot of people know me, but no one really cares about me, but everyone asks me, you know, a lot of questions. And then the third stage is everyone knows who I am, and people ask me a lot of questions, but they put me on this pedestal that's like, well, I can never get to you anyways, so I'm not really going to take your information for what it's worth. When he's like, in 2016, no one knew who the fuck I was. And now in 2022... Like He's the most popular you know, media person within this entire industry by, my, by right. far. No one else is even close. No, so he's,
0: well, he's, the, he's the best.
1: And now he, and... he uses the hashtag in the saying, widen the gap. And what we were talking about, what widen the gap means. Uh, Will won't mind me sharing this. I, I believe he's going to tune in and listen to this one too. I told him about it. Um, what widen the gap means is he's number one. All right. Tom Brady's number one too. Of all time, ever, really, in any right, sport.
0: Right.
1: What's your motivation? Because it can't be external, because external, no one's fucking close. And external, right. his closest competitors, he brought into the industry.
0: Tom, he mentoring him.
1: Tom Brady's external is the exact same. You think Patrick Mahomes wasn't watching fucking Tom Brady? You think Aaron Rodgers wasn't watching Tom Brady? You think no? You're fucking no. Tom Brady yeah. brought these people in and he showed them the way forward and. They haven't figured their own path because his is so much fucking greater. You're just all trying to chase it. So Will Whitman talks about widening the gap. I draw it from inside. I draw it from myself to continue to apply pressure to continue to make that gap between number one and whoever number two is. I don't give a fuck who number two is, but that gap needs to be as insurmountable as possible. Not because number two is good enough to close it, but because me, number one, I'm good enough to continue widening it. And so my not
0: satisfied with where it's at.
1: Never satisfied with where it's at. So his motivation is coming from I'm better than I am right now, and I'm ahead mentally of where I'm at right now, even though I haven't been able to use all these tools just yet. I'm putting them together over time. So I know that there's more than I can obtain and more that I can get and more that I can change. Yep. And that's how you widen the gap on number one and number two. And so I believe that's a very solid um, epitome of what competitive excellence is as well. And I would feel the same way. There were three stages of my career. Number one, no one fucking knows me. No one gives a shit about me. The second stage was, all right, a lot of people know me and everyone get, has a fucking opinion on me because they don't like the way that I'm saying things or doing things or conducting my business. And now number three is, well, everyone knows me and- everyone kind of likes me, but there's still people who don't like me who like want to put me back in stage number two box. But like the gap is so widened between then and now that it's, it would be impossible to revert back. That's not a thing that would happen. And so when I heard him talk about widen the gap, you know, I kind of view that I, I I have a similar scope of how I'm viewing that. Um, You know, everyone I came up with, I've passed Um, everyone who was coming up before me. I passed. Um, now there's people who were here long before me and there are people, you know, someone like, like, um, you know, similar in age, um, as me, like a James Atlas, like we're, we're, we're the same age. Um, like I'm chasing, you know, I'm chasing, widening the gap and, and getting ahead of and widening the gap with someone like him.
0: Uh, um, yeah. And the cool thing about, you know, I was actually talking about this at the show, um, you know, watching the show and all the coaches engage and whatnot, the cool thing about it is you, you guys are all competitive, but you guys yeah. are all friends too. You guys yeah. all ask each other questions. Yep. You guys, you know, help each other out when you guys need it. It's, it's still like a, a friendly thing, Camaraderie. but everyone, yeah, everyone at the same time is still trying to be the best Yeah, and, you know, be better or, you know, win at, at a high level. And you guys are all friends and you guys all have the same mindset and that's what what makes it cool. I was watching you guys kind of like rally around for the, uh, for the overall Yeah, from the back. Yeah. And you know, I, I was. It was you, Will, Dylan, Nick, Cameron. Um, Cameron, and I was just like, "Wow, that's fucking cool to see." Yeah, and yeah. you guys were all just like, you know, had your little thing going on, yeah. and you know, the work was done. And you guys were watching it, yeah, watching it
1: unfold. Yeah, I, and that know, was really cool. It's, it's, it's- <laughs> Over the week, every, every Nationalist weekend, I, you know, get a large glimpse of camaraderie. Well, like, when I go to regional shows, it, like, I don't talk to many people because, like, those coaches don't fucking like me. And why would they? Like, I, you know, they, they, they shouldn't like me. Um, uh, I shitted all over their parade when I came to Texas. <laughs> and, like, whatever they thought was going to happen. So, like, I don't get camaraderie at that regional level. I just, you know, um, I enjoy, you know, defeating them and watching them um, get really angry about it and punch air at it. But like (laughs) at the national level, at the national level, like there's actually coaches that can like hang and, you know, me and Shane, me and Shane hang out all the time. Me and Cameron, like best friends. Uh, But like, the camaraderie that we have—if—if if there's a coach who's like who doesn't have friends in this industry, like at that level, they're the reason why. Because man, I will tell you, like there's definitely an element of like the good old boys club that's happening at the top of the bodybuilding community now. And,
0: I mean, you look at any sport. Yeah, look at exactly. look at what you know. Patrick Mahomes, Josh Allen, Aaron Rodgers, and Tom Brady just did that whole golf thing. Exactly. Like
1: they're hanging out.
0: They're boys, and those yeah. are the four best QBs on the yeah. planet yeah like that that's not there's no there's no you know coincidence there exactly like
1: the the, the good old boy club is definitely happening in bodybuilding as well and there's definitely positives yep. and negatives of it to me i view it as extremely positive because i'm fortunate enough to be in it but like yeah if these people aren't cool with you there's a big issue and there's something you did to really piss these people off like the way that you're conducting yourself um you know like i think the biggest one is like man like how 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 are you just not winning, but you're running your mouth like you are, and that's something that makes no that, sense. Yeah. So Shane and I had a long conversation about it. Well, the first, the most eye-opening conversation about it was North Americans last year with Andrew Vu. He walked up to me with a shot, and he said, you know, this for four, right? And I was like, probably from that Olympia qualification I just got, and he said, welcome to the club. And me, <laughs> me and him and one other coach I know doesn't want to be named within had taken a shot because of the way that he presents himself. We took a shot right. together. They welcomed me, and like, they gave me hugs. They were like, fuck yeah. And at the time, it did not like it. It was cool. Well, later on, I realized Damn! Wait, there actually is a club up here. <laughs> like, there is an yeah. actual club that like people are fucking hanging out together and 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 communicating and and forcing themselves to level up and be better with them because again, that environment you're surrounding yourself with, and that that what you're filling your mind with, is yeah. what is driving you to move forward. And so this is why I tell people, hey, be careful what and who you listen to. There's a lot of people preaching really good messages, but. If they never win, that's your environment. is not winning. Meanwhile, there's someone like Shane or Andrew Vu who never talk, but all they're doing is winning. So how can you surround yourself with more Shane They don't need Andrew to talk. Vue? They don't need to talk. How do you surround yourself with more of those two and less of what's not working, even though it, you know, it's pretty for Instagram and stuff like that? How do you surround yourself with those two? When you follow them on Instagram, you start picking up on patterns of how these people are operating. And within these patterns, you're able to dictate and direct, oh, man, like, this is how they're talking. This is how they're functioning. This is how they're communicating. And that's going to inherently level up. You have to pay attention. And honestly, I've kind of gotten similar to that on Instagram, too. I'm not putting out all this shit. You need to pay attention. And, you know, the podcast is obviously a nice segue for, you know, people to come and get a piece of the mind. But I think the environment is number one in competitive excellence. I believe there's a large um, element of what is your drive? What is your internal drive? Because the external drive of I need to beat this person, I need to beat that person, I need to beat that person. That's great, and that'll get you far. But eventually, like we just discussed, you're going to have defeated everyone. And at that yeah. point, what happens? Because I've seen people just defeat everyone and there's this huge drop-off because they drop that motivation. They don't have the intrinsic. It's all from you know other variables. But I also think the final point I wanted to make on competitive excellence, and this is something that you know, you'll have good insight on as well, you need to be realistic in your approach because you're going to lose, period. You're going to lose a lot. That doesn't mean you have to accept losing, but you're going to lose. Right. And when things don't go your way, the way you bounce back is what dictates the, the route that you take next. Um, right. you know, in bodybuilding as a coach, how you respond to a hard loss is very indi- in indicative of the belief that you have within your work. In bodybuilding as an athlete, the way you respond to a loss is very indicative of the mindset of which you carry yourself. So in your right. high school career, like you didn't lose many football games. Like, you you, you no. guys won almost Nine. all of them.
0: So, last nine in four years,
1: yeah, that's 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 pretty good. Clip and you won a state title, and yeah, you went to another state title and you lost it, but you you were at two state titles, you only lost nine games. It's like, yep, when you lose, and this is now because you have that experience, when you lose at something, maybe not necessarily a competitive event, when you just like take an L, where do you direct from there?
0: Oh, dude, it's definitely a a self. Uh, self discipline type thing like i what could have i have done better to change the outcome mm-hmm. was there things that i missed you know where were there corners that i cut were there resources that i didn't reach out to i did it comes from within me yeah it's nobody else at that point i yeah. can't blame anybody else but myself
1: i agree with that completely when you can look internal from a loss i think that is a massive indicator of where you are going to go and what you are going to accomplish within your competitive endeavors because the reality is, yeah, sure. Sometimes someone better than you just shows up and there's nothing you could have. Ross in. Exactly. Yeah. 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 We, we show up to a bodybuilding show a week before Ross, you know, turns pro and, you know, Brandon's looking good and stuff, but Ross showed up and there's absolutely nothing Brandon <laughs> could have ever have done to defeat Ross. <laughs> like, you know, Ross was literal, a literal pro bodybuilder um, who just yeah. hadn't got the card yet. And, you know, Brandon was starting yeah. out in his second show ever.
0: Her first. Show. Yep, exactly. It was my first show. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but like sometimes I, you just get beat, dude.
1: Yes. And, and that's but, okay. Sometimes you just simply fucking lose. And you, but what you do,
0: what you respond is more important than, you know, the actual outcome of the, the show or the event or whatever competitive, you know, event you're at, how you respond is way more important and says more about your character and who you are and where you're going than the actual event.
1: Yeah, I, 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 I agree completely with that because you can look at yourself, you can have a value assessment of, there's always something you could have done better. Always, every single mm-hmm. time, period. Yeah. What was that? And how can you focus on that to drive you further to make sure next time there's truly no stones unturned? And, and, and to make sure that next time, when you go into this competitive venture, you are giving absolute everything that you have to give to somebody to, to, to you know this event. All of the energy that you can give into it, you expend into it, and you pour into it, and you don't accept the final outcome being anything better than the last time. And some right. people sit and sulk on their sorrows, like, oh, you know, why this, why that? Why why nothing? Fuck the whys. Why didn't you go harder? Or right. why didn't you show up better? Or, why didn't you apply yourself more? Why didn't you assess before the loss? Why didn't you assess before the loss where things could have been different? Because I think there's a large uh, there's a large dose of realism that needs to be injected into competitive environments where people just aren't completely realistic with you know the, the the outcome that they're going to to yield and yeah it's about winning absolutely like being number one first place it's absolutely about that but how much of that win do you control so your win has to kind of come from an internal place which goes back to that widen the gap mentality and when you continue yep. widening the gap within yourself, then you're continuing to drive further and further. And eventually that's going to carry over into whatever competitive endeavors, um, you know, that that you're venturing into. So Brandon, is there anything else that you wanted to add uh, to leave the listeners with? Because I feel like this is a really solid podcast and I feel like I got a lot of stuff yeah. said I wanted to.
0: Yeah. There, there, there is one more thing that I do want to mention. You know, if you feel like you're somebody that has the potential to be great at whatever it is, or you feel like you're on the path, but you know, you're kind of plateauing, whatever it is, use your resources. Yep. Ask somebody, ask anybody that you feel like has some, a different perspective or some insight on what you're trying to achieve, because the ego is not going to get you there. Yeah. The ego will not get you to be the best, mm-hmm. especially if you're starting out, ask questions, ask people, you know, ask business owners, whatever it may, whatever it is. Use your resources. Don't be afraid to drop the ego and ask questions.
1: I fucking love that. As always, it is a pleasure that you guys tune in to us. We appreciate you a ton. Episode 215, Competitive Excellence. We'll see you next time.